0: supposed to get married i'm gonna just swipe i left. just want somebody to share my life with yes an 11:30 30 text 100 of your call you can keep waiting for the fairy tale or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships if you've read my advice in the la times then you know this ain't your mama's love advice this is dates and mates with demona hoffman Hello, lovers! Today's episode is entirely dedicated to answering your most pressing dating dilemmas. You asked for it, and I'm delivering to you an all-dear-demona episode. Here are some of your juicy questions this week. I meant to send my friend a text complaining about my date, but I accidentally sent it to him. Is it doomed? And is it rude to ask your match to send better pictures? (laughs) But first, I have the latest and greatest breakdown on the dating scene today. According to Match's yearly Singles in America study, every year I look at the study and I analyze and overanalyze and reanalyze these trends for you so you can come up with your dating plan and get yourself on track for the new year. It's a dates and mates tradition, lovers. So today we're serving up a different kind of dish. D's dating dish. Maybe Match remembered that it was my birthday last weekend, or it could just be that Christmas came early because the Singles in America study is out. Match just released their largest study on the U.S. single population, which they have done for the last 11 years. And this is an interesting one because I don't know if you heard, but last year was a little bit different. I don't know if you notice anything unusual happening that maybe, I don't know, changed the entire trajectory of dating and relationships in our entire lives. Oh, yeah, there was a pandemic. And I was so eager to get my hands on this study because this has been the biggest disruptor since the invention of online dating. Well, maybe since Tinder. It was kind of like online dating itself, then Tinder and swipe technology, then... pandemic. So looking at this data, it tells a story that actually, if you're a longtime listener of Dates and Mates, it may be a story you all already know, but it's great to be able to see the data and really reinforce our thinking on what's really important in relationships, what you should be leaning into in dating and what ultimately doesn't necessarily matter in long-term relationship success. So Now, single adults account for more than one-third of the U.S. adult population. That's a lot of people. And the priorities are really changing. You've heard me say this before, that people are really looking to match based on values and not just based on a hot body and acute face. The data supports that. And Dr. Helen Fisher, who works with Match on this every year and is a fantastic researcher, she's the chief science advisor there. She says, emotional maturity is in, stability is the new sexy. So if stability is the new sexy, then what actually is hot. They asked what singles want in a partner. 78% said physically attractive. Okay. People still are looking for looks, but when you compare it to 90% in 2020, so people are looking at kindness, financial stability, good communication, honesty, and emotional maturity. Intentional dating is definitely on the rise Only 11% of singles want to date casually right now. This is a little bit of the COVID effect. I do predict that this number is going to go up as people become more comfortable meeting strangers like we used to. You know, do you remember the old days like two years ago when you would just swipe, swipe, swipe and set up a date that same night? You hook up and then you're on to another date the next day. And then with COVID, you want some kind of Security, you had to start screening and see, can I trust this person if they say that they're vaccinated? Do I need to ask for their vax card? Even if we're both vaccinated, should I meet them inside or maybe it's better just to do walks? I mean, there were a lot of other factors at play when Literally, it was a life or death issue if you were going to match with somebody. So we are seeing that in the data. I do think that that is going to change. But overall, the story is that most people are seeking meaningful, committed relationships. I also see this data in my work with OkCupid as well. 70% of people there are saying that they are looking for a relationship and not a hookup. The desire for a partner who wants marriage is up from just two years ago. It's increased Quite a substantial amount. But interestingly, people who want children, that's down. In 2017, 80% of singles under 40 said that it was important to have a partner who wanted to have kids. And now it's just 61%. And especially the shift is very prominent among women. And now only 50% of women are saying it's important to find a partner who wants children. So for those of you who've written into the show and said, I don't want to have kids and I don't know if I can say this or when I can say this or if they'll actually believe me. That was really a thing that I would hear a lot. You know, I've been doing the show for nine years and this is a big shift from when I started doing the show and people would say, I don't want kids. I'm afraid to say that as a woman because people might look at me differently or not want to match with me and they might think it's a trap (laughs) to say, oh, I don't really want to have kids. No, I really do. If this is you, if any of this resonates for you, just know that there are a lot of people that feel the same way that you do. And even as a parent, I am never going to be the dating coach to tell you, you've got to have kids or you've got to be seeking a relationship because you need to procreate and find a partner to build a family and a life with, because that is not the way that everyone's life should go. I don't think kids are for everyone. And I think it's a really great sign that people are willing to say, this is not the life that I want to build. And it's okay for me to take a different path. And there's a partner out there who is going to want to be on that same path with me too. I know what you're thinking, Damona, stop talking about kids and Serious emotional maturity, get to the part about the sex. All right, I'll get to the part about the sex. But I don't know if you're gonna like this story because 81% of men said that they think sex is less important in a relationship now compared to how they felt before the pandemic and 87% of women. So Match is saying this might be the death of the (laughs) F-boy. Down with F-boys. People are really finding chemistry In that screening process that I talk about a lot, Uh, they they also looked at video dates. And one in four singles this year had a video date before meeting IRL. This is something that I've been saying. I said, actually, before the pandemic, that video dates would be on the rise. They really, really are. And I'm hoping that this is something that sticks around. The screening process sticks around post-COVID as we are moving to the next phase of this pandemic. And a lot of people said they could actually feel chemistry from a video date. And it helped them to determine if someone that they met online was someone they wanted to meet up with in person. So I really feel like this is a vital piece of the dating process that wasn't happening before the pandemic, was creating a lot of dissatisfaction, a lot of burnout. It can be a thing of the past if we let it be. 78% of singles who video dated said they felt romantic chemistry during a video chat. But be careful. People are 10 times more bothered by distracting or messy backgrounds and lighting. I was just telling my dating accelerator group to pay attention to the lighting on your video chat dates. That is how you're going to shine and sparkle The biggest turnoff, though, is the same for IRL dates, awkward conversation. But my tip for conversation is to not overthink it. If you really focus on authenticity and curiosity and being guided by that, you will never run out of things to talk about. And it's only awkward if you let it be awkward. And if it's awkward, just own that it's awkward. Say, oh, my gosh, it's so awkward having video chat dates, isn't it? And then ask about something that you're curious about or start telling a story that shares a little piece of who you are and what you're into. But you don't have to do video dates. You can still do the good old phone call. I've been beating this drum for a long time about the phone call before the date. I feel like video dates are very intimate, sometimes even more intimate than an in-person date because you're inviting them into your home. They're seeing your messy bed. They're seeing your bad lighting. But almost three quarters of singles said they prefer to get to know someone via phone call, not text, prior to meeting someone in person for the first time. So screen the way you want, but just make sure you're doing that screening step before you meet someone in person. The last part I want to tell you about in the Singles in America study was Finally, I've been asking them for so many years to look at race and dating. And I have seen a big shift culturally towards an openness to interracial dating. But I wanted to see if it was being reflected on the apps. And it certainly is. 45% of singles said they have dated someone outside of their race. And they are expecting at match for those numbers to keep climbing. Seven in 10 singles say they are open to dating someone of a different race or ethnicity. This is a 22% increase compared to before the pandemic. We're talking a year and a half ago, people were like, nah, I'm not dating someone outside my race. And now because the pandemic, because of Black Lives Matter, because of Stop Asian Hate, because of all of these cultural barriers getting broken down we are looking for reasons to connect and looking for commonalities rather than looking for things that make us different. And I can tell you firsthand, it's not the packaging that someone comes in. Get your mind out of the gutter for those of you who went there, but it's really about who this person is on the inside, getting clear on your goals and your values and being able to communicate that and connect authentically around those values and those goals on your next dates. Ooh. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, this is a special episode. It's an all Dear Demona episode, and I can't wait to share the questions. We have some juicy ones in the hopper for you today, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back. It's all Dear Demona all the time on this special episode. Here's what's on your mind this week. Dear Demona. Demona, help me. So for this special Dear Demona episode, we are going deep. We are answering really detailed, juicy questions. So buckle up your seatbelts because it's going to get real. This first question comes to us from a listener named Felicia. She says, I just started listening to your podcast and trust me, I need all the help I can get. Here's my situation. I met a really nice guy in September for a drink and we had both had the next day off. He asked me if he could take me out the next day. We live in the Phoenix area, and he tells me he knows a great place for lunch in Sedona, which is about a two-hour drive, and it's so beautiful. I said yes, and I thought, is this guy for real? He's going to drive me to Sedona just for lunch? It was so nice. We talked, the conversation flowed, no awkward silences, no red flags. We both had been married once, long marriages. Anyways, he drops me off at our meeting spot and then asks if I want a drink. I say, no, I really should get home to my daughter. we had already spent the entire day together. He says, how about tomorrow? I say, sure. Next day, I wait as long as I could and I finally text him and say, what are you up to? He says, I'm getting ready to go visit my daughter and grandbabies. No mention of the drink he invited me for less than 24 hours prior. I say, have a good time. Then I start to get that feeling. He was moving at 150 miles per hour, and now he's going to hit the brakes or ghost me? I wait a few days and say, if you decided you're no longer interested, just tell me. I hate being ghosted. He says, we're both adults. I don't do that. Well, that's kind of what happened. I finally text him on Sunday, and I wish him a happy birthday, and he says, thanks. Then silence again. Days go by, and I send him a text saying, I had a great time. Then he just kind of disappeared. I can't remember if a day or two went by, but he said, sorry, I didn't get back to you. My daughters took me on a cruise, and I'm just walking into Disneyland right now. We'll talk when I get back. Huh? So I text my friend and call bullshit, like, wow, really? So I text my friend and say, I'm calling bullshit, like, wow, really? (laughs) I sent that text to him. (laughs) Of course, he responds right back and says, I have no reason to lie to you. My face was burning. I was dying of embarrassment. (laughs) And I blurted, whoops, (laughs) have fun. So of course, I knew that was it. I never did hear back until this past Saturday. I got a, hey you, at like 1130 at night. I figured it was him, even though I had deleted his contact. I responded with, my name is not you. He said, Whoops, sorry. I was irritated and then said something like, the only reason a guy texts a woman so late is because he wants a booty call. Laughing emoji. Well, I thought I was joking. Anyways, no response. I'm a bit irritated. Like, why not just say, hey, this is so-and-so. Finally, I say, hi, Joe. That's his assumed name. Joe, how have you been? He says he's doing good and hopes I'm well. I read into this, he didn't really ask how I'm doing, so I just say, glad to hear you're doing well. Why did he contact me? Question mark, exclamation point, question mark, question mark. I wouldn't mind talking to him again, but why is he so vague? I totally came off as crazy, I'm sure, when I sent him the wrong text. What should I do? I think my friends have truly given up on me. I've been widowed for eight years now, and I think I'm going to be single for the rest of my life at this point. LOL. Felicia, Felicia, Felicia. There's a lot to unpack here. First of all, I'm sorry about the loss of your husband and I'm sure after a long marriage as you said you had, it's it's hard to get back out there and know what to do and what to say. So let me give you a few pointers because I think there are a couple places where the anticipation of what was going to happen became bigger than what was really going on and may have pushed him away. Now, granted, Totally wrong for him to ask you out for another drink and then not show up. I'm going to guess, Felicia, that y'all had been drinking a little bit. I know you went out for a drink one day and then the next day you did this day trip. There was probably some drinking in the day trip. And then he wanted to have another drink. It's possible. I'm just going to say, it's possible he didn't actually remember that he asked you out for a drink. So when you just said, What are you up to? he might not have even recalled that he had asked you out for another date or maybe that wasn't even a firm plan in his mind. So I would have loved to see a more specific reminder there. Like, are we going out for that drink we talked about? Because by saying, what are you up to? He might have thought, oh, maybe she doesn't remember that we were actually gonna go out on date." So you're already playing games and starting off from a point of view of not being... Honest and authentic with one another. Now he's going on about his life. He's with his grandbabies. He's out at Disneyland. He's living his best life. And even before you sent the embarrassing text, and who hasn't done that, Felicia? Everybody has sent a text to the wrong person. So that is a very common mistake. And I think you recovered from that the best you possibly could. But Again, you keep texting him to try to get a certain reaction out of him rather than just texting him what you really feel and what you really want to say. And then you're getting kind of a convoluted response and you're feeling like he's being vague, but do you see how you're putting a lot of vagary out into the world and he's not really knowing how to respond to it? Yes. An 1130 text 100% a booty call. But if you're going to have a response like, my name is not you, and and give him that irritation, why would you say to me you don't mind talking to him again? It's really not clear what you want. If things had died out, and then you sent another text saying, how have you been? So... What I'm hearing is that you want this to become more. You want to live in the fantasy of the trip to Sedona, but the reality of what you're getting is not that. And we have to go based on someone's actual words and actual behavior rather than our hope or expectation of what they can be. So I'm gonna give you a little tip, Felicia, for the next one, because I don't know about this. And I don't know that you're gonna be single for the remainder of your life. Do not say that. And this is for anyone listening. There is no value for you. You are not predicting the future. There is no value for you in saying, I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. I am hopeless. Any of those self limiting beliefs, let them go. I want you to see the possibility and know that this is a skill set you're developing, Felicia, a muscle you haven't worked in a long time and you haven't been trained how to do the exercises properly. So I'm training you. And thank you for listening to this podcast. I am. I'm showing you the steps along the way. The next time you're in this kind of a situation, I want you to really force yourself to text, not in a way to get a reaction out of the the other person, but in a way that authentically reveals what you want and how you feel. I also want you to take a pause before you send any text. Clearly, if you're sending the text to the wrong person, you're firing it off way too quickly (laughs) and It's coming out of a reactive place and an emotional place rather than a deeper place of reasoning and clarity. So that's your homework, Felicia. But girl, it is not hopeless. We just have to slow it all down. You don't wanna go 150 miles per hour, but going 150 miles per hour is just gonna get you busted and we don't want you in trouble with the dating police. (laughs) Hang in there. This next question is a voice memo from Kay.
1: Hey, Damona, I just wanted to send you a message to say thank you for your podcast, Dates and Mates. I have just loved it. I discovered it a month ago, and um, I'm only 27, but I'd actually just sworn off dating a year ago, which is very funny. I know. Why would I give up so early on in life? I didn't even have a very bad experience. I just hadn't had any really good ones (laughs) or mildly good experiences, so I just figured, Maybe I'm just not the type to ever, ever date. But listening to your podcast has just fully equipped me to start approaching dating again. I think I was always really scared of the apps in the past because I was like, I don't want to get a dick pic. I don't want to get guys that just want to hook up. And I think that's kind of the stigma around apps in a lot of circles, especially my circles. But listening to your podcast I feel like it really equipped me to write a good bio and also to search for others that had represented themselves well on apps um, and to really look for people that shared my values. And it's crazy how you can actually kind of do that even in such a little, um, I guess, picture of who that person is, their little bio, their pictures, the questions that they've answered. It's so cool that you can actually kind of use a bit of intuition and understand somebody based on how they've represented themselves. Anyways, I've gone on some very nice dates with some quality men, but my question is, if you have a couple of matches that you've connected with, that you've gone out with, that you really like, how long before I have to really pick someone and kind of exclude the others? I feel really conflicted about that, and I just want to know what you think.
0: Okay, I am so glad that this podcast has been helpful for you. I am so glad that you have accessed your intuition in swiping and dating and it really does work. If you take the time to just slow down and see what am I really getting from this person's pictures and their bio and what do I also feel when I look at their their profile, you really can tell a lot more. And the stigma, I understand the, the fear of the dick pic, but you're going to get more just bad picks than you are going to get dick picks. So you got to just stay in the game. And I'm glad that this podcast has helped you reframe your thinking around this. All right. If you have a couple matches that you've connected with and gone out with and you really like, that is awesome. This is actually reminding me of my very first client that I did his profile and he'd always been a serial monogamist. And then he came to me and he said, Damona, I don't know what to do. This is about, I don't know, not even a month after I did his profile, maybe six weeks. And he said, I have met two girls and I like them both. And I don't know what to do about it. (laughs) I've never dated two women. So I will give you the same advice that I gave him oh, so many years ago, that is much a part of the online dating process as the avoidance of dick pics. (laughs) When you are online dating, the assumption is that you are dating multiple people. You're talking to multiple people and you are not exclusive until you say otherwise, until you have clarity of who you want to be in an exclusive relationship with. And we don't have to go all serious. Like you don't have to be proposing marriage, but just like, doesn't feel right for me to be dating other people at this point. Or I go out with other people and I find myself continually thinking about being with this man. So if you get to that point, okay, you'll know. You will you don't have to pick. It's not the bachelorette. You don't have to give out a rose at the end of the episode. You can let it roll into the next episode and you can just see how you're feeling. There's no... Shame in dating multiple people. There is nothing wrong with dating multiple people and even having sex with multiple people as long as you're clear with them about where you are in the relationship. And I promise you, when you meet the person that makes you stop thinking about the other people or when you get to that point in the relationship, you're not gonna need to ask me that question because you're going to know. And that person is going to know as well you're probably asking me for a timeline. And I don't like giving timelines because it's really different depending on so many factors, your age, where you're located, the situation, the dates you've been on, how much time, what else you have going on in your life. There's so many factors. I generally find that within about three months, you will be moving towards exclusivity or away from it. If you're in that three-month window though, Kay, I say, just be yourself. Just keep showing up. Just try to have fun and make a connection, and everything else will unfold for you from there. Our next question comes to us from M on Instagram. M says, I want to start online dating again. I was in a fantastic two and a half year long relationship with Joe, another Joe, that ended in July of 2020. We met on match. I'm still heartbroken over our relationship ending. However, I don't want to wait to find someone wonderful again. I'm a bit hesitant to date again because I have multiple sclerosis and I've been experiencing balance issues. And at times I have to walk with a cane so I don't fall. On my dating profile, should I say I have MS? I'm not interested in having children of my own, but I'm open to a man who has kids. I'm financially stable. I own my own house. I'm looking for someone who is kind, loving, understanding, outgoing, funny, affectionate. And in the words of Meghan Markle, a nice guy. M, you're in a great dating position. You are financially stable, so you don't need no man to support you financially. You own your own house. Yeah, get it, girl. And you have clarity that you are looking for someone with deeper qualities than just superficial attractiveness. And the other thing that's amazing is that you found love. You were in a fantastic two and a half year long relationship with Joe. So you know that it is possible to find love on a dating app. So this is a great place to be, M. So, in terms of whether you should say in your dating profile that you have MS, and I say this to anyone who has a physical disability, a mental health issue, any kind of um, neuroatypicality, anything that might have made you feel othered, either on dates or socially in the past. And I would ask you is it something that you would tell someone at a cocktail party or that they would be able to notice? The first time they met you. And if it is, then generally it's something that you want to put in your profile. And it's not necessarily something that you have to put in the written bio. Like you could just have a picture with your cane and not really have to explain the cane. You could just put a picture of yourself with your cane. I've gotten a question from a wheelchair user before, and it was like, you don't necessarily have to put this in your written bio or over-explain, you could just have a picture of you that's a beautiful picture of you with your cane. And you can wait to explain the details of what that means once you get to know someone a little bit better and to trust someone a little bit better. Because ultimately, it doesn't necessarily impact how you will show up in a relationship. It doesn't necessarily impact who you are as a person or how you would be in a relationship. It might impact what you are able to do on dates, which is why I think it's important to reveal it prior to the first date or on the first date. But I don't think that you owe everyone your life story right away on a dating app. And I know that also people make snap judgment decisions. I'm sure there are a lot of people listening right now that are like, I don't even know what that means, MS. I I have friends who have MS. And so I have a clearer picture, but I'm sure a lot of people don't even understand what that means. And I don't want you to put something that's a barrier for entry ahead of someone when they don't even know what the barrier looks like. If you can... Lead with all of the things that are great about you, all the things that you enjoy doing. Oh, by the way, you do use a cane and this will be coming with you to the date. And then if they're curious and they're open to understanding and learning, then you can share that information with them when you make a connection and when you trust them a little bit more. But M, um, you do not need to wait to find someone wonderful again. The great thing about dating apps is it kept us connected through the pandemic. It created an opportunity for us to still date and to still find love. And it's still there for you. And now other people are looking for that same kind of deep, meaningful connection that you are. So M, go out there and get it. We're gonna take a quick break. But when we come back, I have questions from some of my super special listeners in my Patreon friends with benefits group. Every single week, I do a multi platform live stream that answers questions for the people in that Patreon Friends with Benefits group. And I've pulled a couple of my faves from the last year to share with you. If you want to get in that group, check it out patreon.com slash dates and mates. It's only five bucks. And there are a ton of other benefits access to library episodes of the show, additional content, my content club, see what I am listening to, reading, watching. And so much more at patreon.com slash dates and mates. We'll be back with those questions in just a moment. Our All Dear Demona episode continues. This comes to us from one of the fellas in my FWB group. He says, how does someone establish a connection with someone else with different interests, but shared relationship goal? For example, my interests may be sports, history, science, and current events, while my date's interests may be along the lines of cooking, baking, etc. <laughs> he said he was asking for a friend, but maybe he was asking for himself. Spoiler alert, interests matter not that much. Not that much in relationship compatibility. From the research that I've seen, you actually only need one or two shared interests with someone to have long-term compatibility. If you are aligned in your relationship goals, your life goals, and your values. And values, if, as you've learned from the Singles in America study, are becoming much more important. Values and goals are, which I've been saying forever, forever on the show, but they are rising to the top of the rankings of importance in finding a match. So don't worry too much about trying to understand or get interested in somebody else's interests. I like, I have no interest in my husband doing yoga with me. None. At one point I was like, oh, that would be nice if he did yoga. And somebody I dated before him did yoga with me. And like, it was a cute idea, but I don't actually want him to do yoga with me. I want him to let me go and do yoga with my friends. And I have zero, zero interest, zero, in watching uh, English Premier League soccer with him. Football, as some people would say. No interest in it. But I'm happy to give him the time to do the thing that fills him up and makes him excited without feeling like I need to compromise my interests to follow him. And we are completely compatible because we're aligned on the things that ultimately matter. So, for you, my listener, or for your friend, pass on the message. One of our FWBs, we'll call Jay, says, Ugh, I'm disappointed. I went on a second date with a man last night, and he blurted out that he doesn't believe in gay marriage. I challenged him on this, and he had no real explanation other than It's just wrong. Needless to say, we're not a match. I can't believe it took this long for this information to be revealed. Three weeks of texting, numerous phone calls, and two in-person dates. I have my values clearly spelled out in my profile, so he knew where I stood on those issues, but it seems I need to improve my screening process even further. Any tips for getting those core values cleared up very early on in the process? First, I would say, Jay, that actually is pretty early on in the process. I would probably cut back on the texting. Three weeks of texting, is that's where your investment went. If you were just like, oh, two dates with this guy, and uh, he completely ignored my values on my profile because he thought I was pretty and wanted to get in my pants, and he doesn't care that much about the values, uh, then you would be like, nah, that was a waste of mm, maybe two and a half hours. But you have put a lot of phone calls in there. You put a lot of texting in there. So you got to condense that screening. I'm going to just remind you no longer than one week on a dating app before you move to the next step, be it a phone call or a video date. And from the end of that video date, which really only needs to be about 20 to 30 minutes, I'd like for you to either decide you are not a match or you are moving offline with a with the pendulum strongly weighted in the you are moving offline unless you see red flags direction. You can tell a lot about a person when you are sitting face to face with them. You can't tell a lot as you see from texting them for three weeks because people can say anything They'll you'll keep it light, you'll keep it funny, and you don't get to those deeper issues. So I'm going to actually congratulate you for figuring that out on the second date even though I know you're disappointed and it is frustrating when you find somebody that you are physically attracted to is a mismatch, but try to limit the amount of contact that you're having in that first month before and in between dates. And then when you are on those dates, talk about these values that are really important to you. Use current events like, oh, did you hear about the, (laughs) insert any really divisive story that's in the, public right now. Um I'm not going to get into that because we are not matching on a date. I will let you do those kind of filtering questions that align with who you are and what you really stand for. My FWB M says, when a man asks you, do you exercise? Is he concerned whether you're healthy or active or something else? I purposefully do not list how much I exercise as I have a bad knee and I do some walking and dancing. This man also said he's concerned about people who can't walk well at work because they don't take care of their health. I think it's kind of rude to ask that in a first conversation. But it may be his priority. I'm feeling like I should just pass on this guy. What are your thoughts? Yeah, girl, pass on that guy. <laughs> uh, clearly, he's doing a really great job of screening. He's asking a lot of screening questions because he clearly is very concerned about dating somebody who is in good physical shape. Who I don't know what his exercise habits are, but maybe he's thinking he needs to find someone who is as active as he is. Maybe he's concerned that he can't really tell what your body looks like on a dating app. And so he's asking these different questions to try to piece together that information. But regardless, it sounds like his priorities are not where your priorities are at. And it's okay. It's okay to pass if it's not a match. This is actually one of my universal deal breakers. Like you've heard me say, all you need to know At the end of the first date is that you have enough in common, that you connect enough, that you're curious enough to go to the second date. And all you need to know at the end of the second date is that you're curious enough for the third date. And if by the third date feelings don't develop, it's probably a a miss. But my one caveat is if they say something that offends you, if they make you feel uncomfortable, or if they demonstrate your major deal breaker, then it's a no. So I think we got that covered. Um, I think you know what to do from here. Our last question comes to us from T in our Friends with Benefits group. She says, is it rude to ask someone to share more photos? My profile has clear headshots and full body shots, and I want to see that in a profile before I respond. Is there a cute way to ask? I asked a guy once if he had any close-up shots since he only had a distant full body photo. I told him that I wanted to see his eyes and smile. He said he would send me some, but... I just wanted him to add them to his profile, not send them to my email. Am I being too dramatic? <laughs> no, T, you're not being too dramatic. And you ask in a great and flirty and cute way because you got it. I want to see your eyes and smile. Send me a pic. Why on earth do you want him to add them to the profile? Do You want him to put them out there so some other girl's going to pick them up and and see his eyes and smile? It doesn't matter as long as you get them and as long as you can make sure, like this would be one that I would ask to, to do a video chat with just to make sure it's still a match. And he looks like his profile because I have had clients who match with people with far away photos. And then like one close up where you couldn't still really tell what their face looked like. And then they showed up and they actually weren't even the person that they thought they were meeting. Like they, they had cobbled together a profile of different photos. So, and I've heard a lot from a lot of people like blurry, distant photos. It's catfish or just someone who is not confident in how they come across. So he has to be able to send you current photos and look like those photos. But it doesn't matter if it's going on the dating app or if it's going to you directly. If it's part of your screening process, it's for you. It's not it's not necessarily about improving his profile and you can't control You would not believe in the 16 years I've been writing profiles and dating coaching, how many bad profiles I've seen where I was just like, I can't believe that person thought that that was a photo that they should put on their profile. None of you all, none of my listeners, but other people, people that (laughs) that they're that they're potentially matching with. So we never know what they're thinking when they're putting that profile together but we just need to get you the information you need to decide if you want to go out with him or not. I hope you enjoyed episode 389 of Dates and Mates, our special Dear Demona episode. If you have questions, I would love to answer them for you and we can get Really in depth when we meet live in the Patreon Friends with Benefits group. I'd love to have you be a part of it. You can sign up for just five bucks at slash dates and mates. Also, if you'd love to hear your question answered on a future episode, we do Dear Demona every week, not a supersized episode like this, but we do Dear Demona every week, and you can DM me your questions on the socials. At Damona Hoffman, you can send me a voice memo or just send me the text. Or speaking of text, you can text me your question or leave me a voicemail on my 24-7 voicemail at 424-246-6255. Again, that's 424-246-6255. We'll be back again next Tuesday with Alyssa Deneen. She's the founder of Style My Profile and the author of The Art of Online Dating. I can't wait to talk to her and get nerdy again about dating profiles. Until then, I wish you happy dating.